and we are live. Awesome. So welcome back, everybody. Sorry about that. Some minor technical difficulties. Um, but basically, I was just trying to say that uh, Minecraft is a great vehicle for teaching uh, because, as Brendan was saying, when you're learning how to code and someone asks you to write a nested loop, which don't worry if you don't know what that means, and you don't have a reason to do it, or the reason is just to add up some numbers, it's not very interesting. And what's more important is having a reason to do it, for example, to build a house in Minecraft so that you don't die when, when the creepers come out at night, which is the scariest thing ever. Um, so moving on uh, to, to the next question. Oh, so actually, I didn't get to answer. Um, what age do you start? I would agree with Joel and Brendan. I mean, honestly, if you can use a keyboard and a mouse, I think that's kind of the biggest thing because, yes, even if you're you know, five years old, six years old, maybe you're not getting those really complex computer science concepts necessarily at, at the very beginning, but you are going to start understanding um, you know, how the code comes together and what testing is and what happens when things go wrong, like when you have technical difficulties. Uh, Joel, did you want to add something? Um, yeah, no, I mean, just, uh, you know, it, it's, it's often, you know, we, we can sit here and we can tell you, sure, you can do it at any age, but, you know, picking the right activity to start yes. with, that's, that's a good match for your age, that is a good match for you and your teaching style, if you're a teacher, you know, that's, um, you know, that's a really important choice, and then sort of once you pick the path, there's there's often a lot of support go and I'll, I'll why use Minecraft I mean uh, absolutely the engagement uh, giving people a reason to want to code um, is is a huge part of the reason why it works with mm -hmm. kids but I think we also want to think about what we want to teach I mean why teach coding there's um, when I when I look at a lot of the offerings online especially sort of these one shot hey do this little web game and now you know how to code um, you know, it, it misses some of the broader things about why people become coders and why they devote their time to developing applications. And it's usually um, they want to use the power of code to make things in their life easier or to take them further and, and do more and use their brain power to get more out of life, quite frankly. And for kids, Minecraft is, is sometimes, you know, their, their whole lives. So the idea of using code to sort of you know, automate boring and repetitive tasks um, to, to, to be able to do more with the same amount of time. Um, that really resonates with kids once it kind of sinks in, and that's exactly why um, older people learn to program and, and develop it as a career. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Um, and just to add one thing to that, um, I also think learning how to code for the purpose of making complex tasks simpler for you. So computers are really great at taking large amounts of information or really, really intricate tasks that maybe even are still interesting, but they're just so complex um, and making them easier for you. Um, and and I, I agree, actually. I, I tell all of my students that it doesn't matter what you go into. I actually wrote this paper, Computing as the Fourth R. Every single person should know how to read, write, do math, and do basic computer science. If you want to be a kindergarten teacher, Maybe you can make an app that works well for your students. 
that helps them learn how to read. If you want to be, you know, a nurse, maybe you can make an app for, and I'm, I'm using app because that's kind of the language um, and, and kind of the more popular things that we build nowadays, but there are just, you can make little devices, um, you know, for, for your grandmother to remember to take her medicines and it kind of dings at her if she didn't open up her medicine jar, things like that. And I think in every aspect of your life, whether it's doing something mundane or doing something complex, that's where coding can really, really take take um, a powerful hold on you. So I completely agree. And, and Joel, you mentioned something about how it's not just, oh, anybody could teach any, any age person to do coding and just grab Minecraft and it's going to work. Um, so this is another question I have. How hard is it to teach with coding if you are someone who doesn't, sorry, to teach coding with Minecraft if you're someone who doesn't know how to code or someone who doesn't play Minecraft or, you know, all of the above? Well, um, you know, like I said, it's about picking that right first activity often. Um, you know, if you are not a coder and you, you know, don't play Minecraft yourself, then, you know, you probably shouldn't, you know, get started in saying, well, here's here's the Lewis scripting language and here's how we open up our turtles and give them command. Like, it, you, you, why would you torture yourself like that? Um, so, you know, there are... You know, maybe something like Learn to Mod that's 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 sort of more instantly accessible, um, runs in a browser, is is uh, right for you. Or I'm gonna throw another you know path you can go down, um, which is find an activity that allows the students to really take the lead and let them use their expertise. And you know, what I so often hear from from users that are just scared to jump into Minecraft at all, let let alone coding is that, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to support them. What could I possibly have to teach them in Minecraft that they don't know? Um, and I flat out reject that that concern. I mean, you, you are a teacher. You know how to find the teachable moments. You know how to listen to students, watch what they're doing, figure out where they need more help, give them the encouragement, you know, make two students sit next to each other that can benefit from sitting next to each other. Um, you know, that's, that's why, um, you know, us at Teacher Gaming, we're so strong proponents of bringing Minecraft into classroom settings. Um, you can certainly yeah. do things at home that are educational. You can do things uh, at summer camps and after schools. Um, but, you know, it, it is a different experience with, with the teachers in their room. And even if that teacher's not comfortable, um, there's ways to get the most out of that experience. Yeah, I 100% agree. We, we teach at over 30 schools here in San Diego, and we hire teachers to teach at those and none of our teachers have any coding or Minecraft experience beforehand because you're right the skills that are that that people go to school for I mean of course people go to school for for computer science skills but you know at this age level what you want to be teaching most likely the skills that you go to school for are is the teaching and that's not just taught in a quick little you know PD that's an hour on a Saturday I mean that that is something that that teachers really really train for and not even just being a teacher but being an adult you know how to Google things <laughs> I mean you know how if something goes wrong you turn it off and turn it back on you know the kids don't even know that yet and so even those types of things this is what I mean I love to to have my teachers realize that they do know more than they give themselves credit for. Um, even if they're not technical or don't play games or have never coded, I think you're exactly right, Joel. They, you know, teachers have really, really important skills um, that letting your students drive that process isn't doing a disservice or not doing enough. Um, you know, you're leading that, that learning experience. Uh, Brendan, did you have anything to add? 
Yeah, I mean, um, you could also think in the, so this might lead into another thing we probably would want to talk about, but like, you know, there might not be, say, a lot of resources for a teacher out there yet to like take, pick up, say, computer craft and teach your kids how to play, uh, use Lua, but you can definitely pick up fundamental computer science skills on the internet really easily these days. There are sites out there like Code Academy and Khan Academy and et cetera that can teach you uh, certain skills that are pretty much universal across programming languages, and the only difference is like slight, you know, slight variations in in, uh, in uh, what's the word syntax. There we go. Mm -hmm. All right, so you can um, you could start picking up those skills on your own. You know, using a few quick little Google searches or, or using quick little tools to at least start getting those fundamental skills under your own belt, yeah. uh, and then you could then you'll be better prepared to you know impart those skills to your your students. Definitely. And I'm going to do a, a quick plug because um, just this week we launched our Coursera Teacher Professional Development course. So if you haven't heard of it, Coursera.org has free courses. We partnered with UCSD, um, which is where I graduated from, and we have an online at your own pace, start whenever you want, finish whenever you want course um, to teach you how to use Learned Mod in the classroom. It's 100% free, um, but you can pay $50 if you want to get a verified certificate um, by UCSD. Not required, but just if that's something that would help you um, as an educator in your school. And what I love about it is it's really just a community of teachers um, sharing resources, and there are just so many free resources out there that, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something you can accomplish. Awesome. Well, one thing that I, I get a lot is, okay, so we're teaching these kids how to make Minecraft mods or how to program turtles in Minecraft or, you know, do things in Minecraft. So how is that actually useful for them in the real world? Or if they want to go be a coder or if they want to make an app somewhere else, you know, how, how is this actually useful for them outside of Minecraft? I can I can start that since I kind of already started that conversation yeah. a little bit because uh, you know the opposite of what I just said was true you know uh, I, you know you as a teacher could go off and learn some pretty basic uh, computer science skills in a different language uh, and then import that into Minecraft and and the exact opposite is true uh, as soon as you've learned some of the basic fundamentals of of programming you know how to write an if statement or a loop. Um, the, the you know every every if statement has you know a condition and probably a way to use the else statement and you know, these are all examples that you may or may not be familiar with but I I have yet to have encountered a a programming language that doesn't have if and else right they just are written slightly differently um, you know I can attest to my own experience um, you know in college. Uh, in my kind of media arts type of education, uh, everything we did pretty much was in Flash. So we were using ActionScript 2 and 3. Uh, and, you know, these days Flash is not nearly as popular as it used to be. Uh, but I had a really great, you know, uh, start in the fundamentals of programming there. And I can take the skills that I learned in Flash. And, you know, I have since used uh, Java and C Sharp and JavaScript and Lua, you know, and all of those things that I do in those languages, I learned originally, you know, in the ActionScript language. So things are definitely very translatable. I, I, I will absolutely agree. Um, you know, when, once you pick up these skills, they are with you, and, and you start seeing, um, you know, similarities among all, all modern programming languages. Um, but, you know, I think it, it even goes beyond, you know, if the original question, what are you learning when you do coding in class? Um, you know, it's not just the codes. It's not just the if-then. It's not where to put the semicolon. Um, there's, it's, 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 Larger things like how to work together with other people on projects, you know. Um, those are valuable skills to have, whether you're using turtles to build a house together or, you know, you're working on, you're, you know, you're making an app in, in some other language. Um, and, you know, I'll 
speak specifically to computercraft edu because that's what I've spent the most time working with um, you know that really informed how we put the whole mod together um, you know a lot of people look at at what we created what we layered on top of the original computer crafts and say well that kind of looks like scratch that looks like blockly because you're you're dragging chunks of code around um, but we, we actually really tried to do something a little different. You're, you're, you're dealing with smaller words. You're dragging the if, you're dragging the then, you're dragging the else. You're not necessarily just plugging things in. Um, because we felt that it's important to that kids you know, get a feel of constructing these... Um, uh, Logic uh, statements. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's really uh, cool. yeah. And, um, and not only that, I mean, we designed our interface. You know, Real programmers, most of them don't spend their time dragging bubbles around to, to make their code. What they're looking at is uh, is a, is an IDE or de development platform, um, you know, where they have all these sort of prefab things that they can use. So we actually designed our Computercraft EDU interface to look like sort of a junior IDE. You've you've got your programming space over here. Um, and you've got the commands that you can pull in over here. But you also have a function library. Any program that you've written in the past, you can call again. We represent them in little floppy disks. So you can actually take a floppy disk from one program, stick it in another one, and it will run as a function. And that's how we introduce functions. You can even take a floppy disk from the side and put it inside of itself and teach the concept of recursion, where a program will call itself. Um, so. You know, we were very mindful of the end goal, not only just to introduce sort of these concepts of, of computational thinking, but but you know, to really have a, a sense of what it's what it feels like to, to be a programmer and, and the type of things you do. That was that was really important to us. Yeah, I love that you said that. Yeah, I think a common misconception of what a computer scientist is is someone who, you know, it, it does things by themselves and not super social. And it's it can be true, but it's it's not always. And you know, one piece of software is not written by one person. You know, Microsoft Office is not written by one person. It's written by hundreds of people. I know people working on it, and they write these tiny little pieces. I mean, I have a friend who her whole job at Google is just to make sure that the Google Hangouts can share photos on iPhones. You know, and that's just the one tiny little piece that she works on, and she has hundreds of other people working on all the other aspects of Hangouts. Um, and so I think making sure that students are learning how to communicate with each other, communicate technically, communicate with their teachers or other people on the internet or other experts on, you know, what is my problem, how do I fix it, um, debugging, and, and having a real expert-like experience is something that I it seems like all three of us are really really focused on and, and we do the same type of thing Joel we have import your old libraries and you can use them you know and I think I think that's really what you you want to strive for is teaching something in the way that the experts do it but made for a novice um, Right. It's basically I mean, I'll, what I did my dissertation on, so I won't go too much into it. <laughs> I should read that thing. I should read it. <laughs> uh, I, I just very quickly. I just want to push it even even further. I I'm not yeah. sure I, I said this. So I said you can you can sort of put your your programs into disks. I don't think I mentioned you can actually export those disks and and awesome. give them to your friends inside the Minecraft world. Um, and and we debated that for a while. We actually talked to teachers who said, but that defeats the whole purpose. If a kid can doesn't have to write the program themselves if they can get it from another student you know then they're not having the learning experience and we said no no, no but that should be part of the experience there's some things that you you're, 
you know, you're going to be instructed to figure out on your own or, um, or the game is going to, you know, sort of prompt you to do on your own. And then there's other things where, you know, you, your students are going to realize that they can do more working together, sharing ideas. Um, you know, and look, not everyone is born to be a master coder, just like not everyone is born to be a, a, a great painter. Um, and I think a lot of computer science programs kind of leave out the kids that, um, you know, are not destined to, to, to excel at this. So being able to look at your friend's code and figure out how it works and maybe modify it um, and make yeah. your own experience and levels can, can have. And I mean, as, as someone who is a coder and does this every single day, I guarantee you that the very first thing I do when I'm doing something new is I Google it, I look at somebody else's code, I see how they did it, and then I adapt it. I either copy it in and, and, and try to modify it, or I just understand it and then try to build it myself if it's a completely different context. So that's a huge skill. Um, Brendan, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was going to be in a slightly different direction just to go at some yeah. of the other sorts of uh, skills that you can pick up just from, from participating in programming. Um, you know, we talk about computational thinking, which seems to be, you know, of course, that's like a slam dunk. But there's, you know, other versions of, uh, you know, there's other types of, of learning that you can get out of that. Um, you know, the Institute of Play is really big on uh, systems thinking, you know, which is basically mm -hmm. the idea of uh, looking at, you know, things in the world as systems uh, made up of interconnected parts and that, you know, no, nothing kind of lives in isolation and, and pieces, you know, uh, of a system will affect each other. And, you know, this is kind of abstract, but, um, you know, coding is essentially one of the ultimate systems thinking activities that you could possibly do. You know, I, I really truly believe that my past life as a programmer has really helped inform my, you know, success as a systems thinker. Uh, and able to, you know, really understand, like, the power of systems thinking. Um, you know, I feel like uh, having been a coder, um, I am more able to see sort of, like, first of all, I'm, I'm able to kind of hold the both complexity but also the simplicity of a system in my head at once. You know, I don't have to get overwhelmed by it because uh, mm -hmm. I can I can kind of understand the bigger thing but focus on the little piece and, and focus on the little interconnections. You know, so you can kind of zoom in, zoom out. Um, yeah. You can identify, you know, where in a system you have uh, the most power, right? The most leverage. If you make a small change, how it'll affect uh, the whole system to your own, you know, your own end, which is, you know, similar to the coding concept of like, where in the code do I need to go to get the thing I need done if I need to make yeah. a change? Um, and what's so, great? Yeah. Sorry. Go for it. Yeah, I'm just summing up. Yeah, and, and what's what's really great is that when you say systems, I don't even just think of computer systems. I mean, you know, uh, uh, I, I'm not a biologist, but you know, like huge biological systems, whether it's Absolutely. your body or a bunch of animals, or you know, that kind of thing. And computers are very powerful in that because they allow you to do that. And if you understand it um, at that level, then you're able to kind of look at a really complex system focus in on one part or kind of generalize to, to mm -hmm. the bigger part. So, yeah. yeah any, any, any topic you learn about in school, you can think about in terms of systems thinking. You know, you get biology, any kind of science, of course, but, you know, language is a system, math is a system, different aspects of language and math are systems, you know, so uh, yeah. these, these, you can, being a better systems thinker can help you understand almost anything. Yeah, and I think that was one of the questions we got on, on Twitter was, do you tie functions into things like high school algebra? And I think what you just said, math as a system. I mean, you know, when you're dealing with x's and y's, and okay, well, you've got x as a function of y, or you do y x plus 5 or something like that. I, uh, algebra was a really long time ago. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that's very true. Um, and, and things like philosophy, I mean... I don't know exactly what, what the application here could be. Maybe it's kind of like a, if this happens, then this might happen. I don't, I don't know. Do you guys have any idea of how, how we might tie philosophy into it? 
I would say, I mean, yeah, the, the, the logical bit of it is actually a really good example, I'd say. Um, yeah. I, I remember in, in, you know, middle school when I learned logic and math and my teacher said, this will be useful in programming someday. I was like, what? I don't know. But then I learned programming. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I understand that and and or what yeah. they mean because of what I learned. And it was really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of logic in, in philosophy in it, so mm -hmm. I agree with that. But I'll, I'll give even sort of a fluffier example yeah. of, of philosophy. I, I was talking to a, a teacher uh, a couple weeks ago who said they had a philosophical discussion about Minecraft, and the question was, if there's a Minecraft server running and nobody's logged in, is it really there? <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know... There, he's, he reported that, that some people had, you know, there was this debate, well, is, is the server actually running? Could, could somebody log right, into it or right. does the server? But then it was, but then it sort of went on to these higher planes. Well, you know, the idea of the server being there as, you know, and there's a tree on the server and, it, you know, that tree is there. You have this idea. It, it hasn't gone away. Right. But you're right. Nobody is accessing those bits. So, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I, I often just say, I go to teacher conferences and I stop and I just say, you know, you can teach absolutely anything yep. with Minecraft. Um, you know, it may or may not be the best fit, um, but if you're able to think creatively, just think of it as a little microcosm of a world that has different types of experiences yep. that you want your, your students to have in those worlds. I, I mean, the sky's the, the limit. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think uh, that's a perfect place to start wrapping up. Uh, you can teach anything in Minecraft. I love that um, that quote, Joel. Um, and and I and I agree. And and you know, we have people teaching music and dance, and it's just you know, it, it really is the sky is the limit. It may not be the best one ever, but you know, um, it it really is something that you could use. So um, I'm going to give a couple kind of wrap-up comments, and then I'll give all three of us a chance to give our one last kind of sentence goodbye. Um, so wanted to make sure that you can please keep talking about not only what we're talking about today, but also all of the webinars in the Learning in Minecraft series um, through Connected Learning by using the hashtags Connected Learning and Ccamps. Um, this whole entire video recording will be available immediately after this on connectedlearning.tv and um, all of the other curated content including the webinars from before and the future webinars will be there as well. Um, if you found this conversation helpful, make sure to share it with your network so that everyone can benefit from it, start talking about it, and we can grow this community even larger. Maybe introduce it to someone who is a little frightened of, uh, of computer science or Minecraft and show them that it, it doesn't have to be. Um, and if you go to connectedlearning.tv, you can actually sign up for the email newsletter and you'll get some updates on future webinars um, and when they post new content. So. Brendan, any last-minute words for everybody viewing? Uh, I guess I just want to let everyone know this is one of my favorite topics to talk about, so if you ever wanted to reach out and ask me, I'm totally open. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I was honored to be here, and I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Awesome. Joel? Um, same for me. Um, you know, we have a very vibrant community of teachers that are using Minecraft EDU. We have a very active Google group. We have a lot of we do uh, um, sort of these free play sessions. Go to minecraftdu.com and you can um, uh, get involved and, and uh, you can reach out to me directly. You can, um, and you know, these are all ways to, if you're not even sure how to get started, just ask questions, look at what other people are doing, get great ideas, and, and get started. And have fun. This is a game. 
If you yes. if you're not having fun with a game at school, you're doing something wrong. So so okay. enjoy it. Have fun okay. with it. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, for me, uh, same as, as both of them, this is my lifelong topic, I think. Um, it's what I did my PhD in. It's what I started my company in. It's absolutely my love of my life. Um, you can reach out to me directly, um, Twitter, Facebook, and just kind of browser, um, learntomod.com, at learntomod, facebook.com slash learntomod. So just search learntomod. I'm sure you'll be able to find us. And um, yeah. I'm excited. Thank you all for joining, and thank you so much, Connected Learning, for uh, hosting this. It was so much fun being able to talk to Brendan and Joel again. And thank you, everybody out there who's either watching live or watching in the future and sharing with your networks. Um, oh, and by the way, the next, the next webinar is going to be Monday, the 23rd, at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. So don't miss that one. It's the final webinar in the Minecraft series, so don't miss it.